Welcome back to Kafaru Cast, everyone. I got to change that up a little bit. That's getting old. Uh, Frank's across from me playing with his phone. I'm not sure what he's looking at. I'm looking at basemap.com. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> funny that he brings that up. No, we've got uh, Edward Gromza from Basemap on today to uh, help explain uh, some of the new options and features of Basemap, answer some of the questions people have had for for me to uh, mostly make sure I'm answering them correctly because I'm not even sure myself and uh, just generally shoot the shit. What's up, man? Not much, buddy. Just uh, counting down the days until it's hunting season for me. Yeah. Well, we, we started, although we weren't successful yet. And I didn't really need base map, thank God, because if I would have needed it, it's because I wounded something and had to figure out whose land it ran to. So I haven't needed <laughs> it out east yet. Um, so we, we did a podcast earlier probably eight, i don't know not quite a year ago but a while ago no december yeah and uh uh and that now that was with you and then the the general designer and owner of base map if i'm not mistaken right yeah we had it was me and balch jeff balch who's our founder ceo and like head product designer gotcha yeah and i will say hopefully he doesn't listen to this he wasn't exactly a live wire but very knowledgeable um <laughs> the uh is he like that all the time <laughs> he is he he is he is not a podcast guy. It was like pulling teeth, and if Balch, you're listening to me, too bad. It's like pulling teeth trying to get that guy to do a podcast, but uh, not his favorite thing in the world. But super knowledgeable. Kind of like with Patrick, he's it. He he talks, but it's better if you get him liquored up, and he's a lot more open. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's that. Does Balcher drink? Maybe you should get him uh, liquored a up bit, a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have enough time in a day to drink though. He's yeah. he puts in. 14 hours a day, 15 hours a day working. Yeah. So with, uh, with base map, before we get to the newest, uh, you know, features or options that we're definitely going to talk about, um, one of the, one of the things that pops up and, and you see, I, I sometimes tag you on my Q and A's, um, why base map over on X and, and to me, uh, and not to downplay, you know, on X or, or base map or either one, but, what initially grabbed me was the price. Being and I'm honest with everyone, I'm like Jesus. It's uh, well, I won't talk numbers. Significantly cheaper. So then, uh, you guys actually gave me a free subscription, and then I paid for it anyway because I lost the paperwork because I'm uh, me. And uh, <laughs> I think it was like thirty bucks, uh, twenty nine yeah. or thirty nine bucks, something like that. And you know, when I when I got it, uh, it was relatively easy interface meaning you know i didn't read any directions because i don't ever do that on anything you know and and i didn't even so i don't use multiple layers and i had a couple guys uh say well i like to put you know multiple uh layers down and i was like well why um you know for you know to me now this is me like uh, you know maybe i don't frank do you use three or four layers yeah, a few of them. Yeah. No, probably. I mean, do you lay like four or five on top of each other? No, I think it's a little confusing. Yeah, for me, a, or it gets a little complicated. I'll say not necessarily confusing, but complicated. That's what I told you, um, Ed. Was I was like, why the? F it's just a. It's not. We're not talking about an iMac twenty seven here. This it's, it's a phone screen. Like what all are you? <laughs> and for me, it's just one back button. Swap it out. One back button. Swap it out. So I, I actually, you know, when I when I'm kind of figuring out. You know, but you know, if I'm bouncing from basically topographic, because you guys have like the 3D Earth, uh, 3D Earth topo, and then you have the high high res satellite imagery, um, and then Mapbox high res satellite imagery, which is kind of as you scroll through these, and I'm actually doing that now. It kind of gives you the best of all worlds as you go through these, which I prefer because I don't want seven on top of each other because then you can't read anything. Do you want to talk about the the thought process or methodology behind some of the different options, the layering systems, things like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, so obviously we, you know, like you said, we have, uh, gosh, over 800 different layers when you figure in all the, the hunting information, you know, gaming of boundaries. Can you use them all well, at we once? We try to, it, it's, <laughs> I agree, it can, it can get a little confusing if you have just layer on top of layer on top of layer. Um you know, depending on where you're hunting or what your situation is, you definitely don't need every layer turned on. It's kind of nice from an e-scouting standpoint to have that stuff. But when you're out in the field, you don't necessarily need it all. I mean, I like you, I like to have it a little bit less cluttered and see a little bit more detail of what's going on and have, um, you know, I'll be in Wyoming here in a couple of weeks. Um, I don't, I'll be hunting on public land. I don't need to have the public land on because, you know, I don't want everything green. I just want to see the satellite. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, it is fairly easy to change the layers on and off. And once you have layers on, there's an active layers tab, so you can quickly turn things on or off. Um, but you know, like I said, we try to make it easy and and give you more information than you probably need. So it's up to the user to determine what he or she really needs to have turned on. I'm using a solid 22% of that system because that's all I need. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, people ask, I, do you use everything? I'm like, fuck, no, I don't use, I got a Garmin <laughs> Phoenix 6 on my wrist right now. I use about 25% of that too. I, I you, you, you guys can't sell a 25% system. You got to sell a full system. And that's what I tell people, get real comfortable with the whole system, but get extremely comfortable with what you need. And I've got three primary layers that I use and right. that that's all I need. Um, and I bounce back and forth, but you know, between them, cause I don't need a topo in Eastern Colorado, right? There's not a lot of shit going on out there. So for me, it's, I need boundaries, you know, I need roads and boundaries. Those are the, the those are the big ones. Now I go into the mountains. Like when we were hanging our food up and everything the other day w- with Cody and I, so, you know, that one's a little bit different. I needed trails and I needed topo and pretty simple. We, you know, we mark everything and then I screenshot and I'm kind of weird. I screenshot the grid coordinates and everything and just save them in a file on my phone. It's more of me and paranoia that I'm going to lose everything because I've got the grid coordinate. My phone, let's say something happens with, um, you know, base map, like there's a glitch in my phone, something. The photos never go down for me. So I always have that screenshot and right. that, that's enough, and I can I can nav off of that. But you guys, um, the only thing I've heard a little bit, guys say, hey, when I download the the map, it, it's blurry sometimes. Now, what's going? Is that something that's an issue? Because I've never had that problem. Is we we did have an issue a couple months ago, uh, and that's been fixed, and we are working on some offline improvements. But I think when people are doing doing offline maps and it's blurry they're either doing the just the standard download which is a lower resolution or they're not paying attention to the sliders at the bottom if they're doing a pro offline map download because the larger the area the lower the resolution um, just to kind of cut down on the size of the file Uh, but that you know at the bottom there's there's sliders that show you that the size of the area and the resolution when i download offline maps i get the biggest area that I can get with the highest resolution and that's what I go with. I think I think that's kind of the the thing that people are running into is they're just not paying attention to those little nuances or or downloading the right, you know, the the pro versus the standard offline map. I was going to say cuz I I've never had that problem either. And, and and it could be I've just been lucky but common sense on on my end um it's no different from looking at a different um when you look at a normal map and you try to think of, let's say your map is, um, let's say it's two foot wide and three foot tall. You can either have the easiest way is, you know, however many, a hundred thousand squares inside that thing, or you could have four squares. The four squares is not going to be very detailed. If you got a hundred thousand little squares inside there, it's going to be super detailed. If you get an extremely detailed version of it, it can be extremely convoluted inside of it. You know, it's going to show all micro terrain. There's a happy medium for, you know, for everything. So I try not to download, like I don't want a giant portion when I download a map. I, I, I kind of pay attention more to the smaller sections and it's just been, and maybe that's why, you know, and again, I'm not like a base map expert when guy, I'm not like a pro at it. I'm a pro at what I need, not what the whole system offers. Cause honestly, I, I don't, I don't need the entire system. I, I need what I've got. And it's been, well, what do you think the number one reason people download that thing for? Is it to navigate or is it for boundaries? I'm going to say it's for boundaries. Um, you know, obviously when, if you're out West, I mean, being from Wisconsin, it's not as big of a deal, but out West, you know, ignorance isn't an excuse if you're, if you're not where you're supposed to be. So I think a lot of guys are using it for peace of mind to make sure you're in a boundary, um, you know, be it public or private, or if you've got a limited entry tag, make sure you're in the right hunting unit. Yeah. Well, you know what? I probably wouldn't have argued with you a couple months ago. I'm starting to find out guys are using it more for navigating or really? as much for navigating as they are for boundaries. Frank, you got to. Yeah, I see a lot of, a lot of my friends uh, are using their cell phones for as a GPS as opposed to just 
grabbing a, a GPS nowadays. Seems like a lot of people are going towards yeah. the cell phones. Yeah, I mean, I would say that the sales of of you know handheld GPS units it continues to go down because you know people don't want to drag those things out in a field. Um, you know, they're big. You got to carry batteries, whatever the case may be. I think that people are definitely skewing more towards the the mobile devices. I mean, I I think that that you're probably right. There's there's a good mix of of what people are using it for. I mean, how people are also primarily using it for e-scouting at home before they even get out west. Yeah, and I again, I am super surprised that the amount I initially and we're you know a few years back any software was was a boundary software and guys carry GPSs and now. I know a ton of people do not bring a GPS. It is just their cell phone and base map. And I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I, you know, if you got the juice in your phone, you're good. Um, I just, uh, I was, I was surprised. I, like I said, I would not have argued with you a while ago. And then now I think, I think guys are using it to, to navigate. And it's a great system and people are so comfortable with a cell phone and uh, GPS may be intimidating to them. That even though it's the same basic thing, um, they're just more comfortable because they're playing with their phone every day. I think that part of it is the the satellite. I mean, obviously, with some of the handhelds, you can get satellite imagery, but it's another subscription where it's not as good. Um, I, I think they're they're liking having a high res satellite imagery on your phone too. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, what uh, what are some of the new options you guys have coming out? I know. Uh, we, you know, we had, we had talked about it. I thought it sounded pretty cool, but we didn't have a lot of time to go into great detail. Right. So we've got a, a new feature called that we're calling Windcast. Um, it, it's kind of a, I'll say a whitetail centric option or feature, but, you know, it's going to work out west also. It's basically just like a center wind cone on your phone now. Um, you know, for the whitetail guys, I mean, you whitetail hunt, so you get it. You know, we, we're dropping ground blinds or, or putting up tree stands all over the damn place and, and marking them on our phone. Now, when you mark a tree stand, you're going to pick an ideal wind for that stand. You know, what, whatever directions the wind, you know, you want the wind coming from. And it now it's going to show you live on the screen, you know, kind of a, a scent cone or it's going to be animated with smoke or so you can see exactly which way your scent is blowing to. And, you know, you can check it live. You can check it 24 hours in advance. Um, and, and with that, it's also going to show you, you know, when you should be in that stand because we're going to have a seven day outlook for weather and it's going to tell you, okay, you should be in this stand on this day because the wind is going to be just right. Um, I mean, being a whitetail guy, Scent, scent is important no matter what you're hunting, but it seems like for whitetail, scent is key because you're kind of stuck in one spot. It's not like elk hunting out west where you can try to play the thermals or use elevation. You know, you're stuck in a damn tree, so you got to use scent to your advantage. Um, you know, so this is this is something that's that's big for us. I mean, our main competitor doesn't have anything like this, so we're we're putting a stake in the ground as far as you know trying to dominate the whitetail market but it's gonna you know it's gonna be something that's gonna be great for for western guys too provided you have cell service uh you know to check wind but at the same time it's not going to be super accurate out west just because your thermals are constantly changing and and things like that but for us in the midwest and east it's gonna be big i could see that being pretty popular with uh predator hunting i know that a lot of times when i go out i'm, I'm always checking the wind on on certain applications and stuff. I usually just use uh, some weather app, but I think that would be pretty pretty useful. Yeah, without going into too much detail, we are going to be updating our weather center, weather information. It's going to be a heck of a lot more accurate. So hopefully you don't have to bounce around between, you know, base map and whatever weather app you're using. Um, we're, we're hoping to prevent you from having to bounce back and forth and just have it all kind of in one spot for you. How long have you guys been working on that? uh so we had the idea for this wind cast back in spring um you know i was obviously playing pretty hard to try to get us to focus on the whitetail market because not to take away from what you guys do out west but whitetail is king i mean there's there's more whitetail hunters than there are any other type of hunter out there right now so it was something we've had the idea on and and we've been kind of playing with it since 
about June, uh, you know, doing some prototypes and it, it, it didn't take our developers all that long to actually build it and put it in. Um, you know, I've, I've played with the prototypes and it's, it's pretty slick. And, and I think, I think everybody's going to like how it looks and how it functions. That could work. I mean, it's not like it's just for, you know, back East or whitetail hunting. I like, I'm finding a lot of guys, you know, they do hunt in a tree stand or water holes or ground blinds or, you know, whatever out West as well. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to, it's going to work two different ways. If you mark a, if you put a marker down for a tree stand or a ground blind, you can set your ideal wind, like I said, and, and check it in the future, or you can just go right to the wind check and, and check it right now at your current location or basically any location around the world. Um, you know what it's doing right now. It doesn't have to be associated with a tree stand or ground blind. Gotcha. So when uh, I'm just laughing at this because um, the ground blind I was just in, I got out of Sunday for antelope because the wind totally shifted and fucked me and was blown <laughs> right at the water hole at about ten o'clock, uh, eleven o'clock in the day. But um, when 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 people and again, let's say the uh, the the you know skipping off of that or or, or tailing on that. A guy that, uh, I don't want to pick out demographics, but a non-technical savvy guy, um, and we get a lot of those with questions that's curious about this, that does have a GPS. Okay, mm-hmm. so they bought a GPS, whether whether they know how to use it or not, they, they have one and kind of and kind of half-ass it. Uh, you know, they can mark something and sort of figure out where they're at. I, I What I try to express to guys is everything you can do on a GPS, you can do on this you just have a lot more options and right. the, the layer part and, and what I, <laughs> I'm like, look guys, don't get confused by 14, 15 layers. Cause and to me, it's some, there's almost yeah, like you said, what you say, there's 90 or something. I mean, there's almost, there's almost too many, uh, there's, for some there's guys. Th- counting, counting all of our hunting information, you know, with the boundaries and everything, there's over 800. That's what I meant. 890. <laughs> Close enough. I was only off by 710. <laughs> um, so, you know, most guys are going to probably, I'd say four layers would just about do it, uh, for the, for average stuff. Um, so, you know, for, if you're listening in and you've traveled from let's, where are you at right now? Wisconsin. There you go. What part? Uh, about an hour North of Milwaukee. So Eastern South or central. What do you eight, Wisconsin. 16, 18 hours to Colorado, 16, maybe 12. What yeah. Is it? Okay. Easily. You're driving out. So you got the map and, and your buddy's driving, you got base map, you can do a ton of scouting while you're driving out. So you can look at all the different roads going in, uh, you know, the highway to get there, The you can zoom, you can go to like uh, get off a topo and go from a satellite imagery, see if there's parking lots. You can get pretty good guesses from that bouncing from topos. When I say parking lots, places to pull over and then you can start, okay, this is probably a couple places where we might park. Okay, this now you can go into the woods. Can we hike up this? Should we take a trail? Can we loop around? You can do all of that on base map. And once you figure out what's what where you're probably going to hunt, download the map. Um, you know, and and once you have that map downloaded, you're you're golden. I mean, I, I haven't had again. I, maybe I've been lucky because I'm I'm doing smaller chunks and I, and I do it in high res. But I don't I don't have it any issues being in being blurry or whatever. And once you have that, you can pre-mark areas that you might want to check from the truck without ever being there. And it will navigate you there. And especially if you're semi-savvy with a compass and navigation, you, you can you can bounce that back and forth. If you want to use a map, like a standard paper map, base map, you can do all of that from the vehicle on the way out. And I just don't think it's as user-friendly trying to do that with a GPS, no matter what GPS you have. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you could do it, you know, if you've got Wi-Fi in your truck or a hotspot, you could do it on an iPad and see it a little bit bigger, you know, if you're the passenger. Um, you know, and then when you get home, anything that you're marking on your map, you can look at when you get home and, and really dive into it online and see it on a bigger screen and, and you know, do a little bit better job e-scouting. But at least as you're driving out there, driving past spots, you at least find something that you want to look at. So I, I was talking to a guy, I won't mention any names, and we were talking about people stealing other people's spots. That little <laughs> forker, uh, his buddy does nothing all year but bounce back and forth between social media, 
base map, aerial photos, say, you know, satellite photos, topos. And uh, he's like, um, he should go work for the CIA or something because he is <laughs> literally, I mean, that's the kind of info you have with at your fingertips nowadays. Um, you know, and he's bouncing back and forth from the different layers and going, figuring out the topography, um, uh, you know, from, from the actual, the map. And then he's looking at the photo and then obviously he can navigate and he can read terrain. I'm pissed at that, but enamored at that, that the technology is there to, to do that. And he doesn't leave his living room, uh, figuring out where guys are hunting. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that hate apps like ours because they think it's making it too easy. I mean, you still have to look, you still got to get out there and kill something or get, get your ass up that mountain. Um, you know, we just make it a little bit easier for you to, to find a place to hunt, but you know, now it's open to everybody on, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess you have to be a little bit more savvy on the other end and not share too much information on social or with your buddies. Oh yeah. I don't know that the mapping is, if you suck in the woods, it doesn't matter if you can get there. You still doesn't mean you're going to kill it. You might fuck it up for everybody right. else, but you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it is easier now. And, and I certainly, I get it. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the easy button, but it can also get you in trouble real quick because a uh, false sense of hope from looking at terrain features and Correct. topography can get your ass kicked pretty quick. I don't know, Frank, how many times you looked at a map and been like, Jesus Christ, that looked way easier on the map. <laughs> I've always learned that shortcuts are generally not shortcuts. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for for sure. What um, as far as growth, what have you guys? I mean, it seems like you guys are gaining some some serious ground. Uh, and of course, you're probably not going to say no. We're not doing as well, uh, whether that was true or not. But it's it certainly seems like you guys are doing pretty dang good as far as. Uh, uh, growing and getting the word out. Yeah, honestly, you know, since about sometime in April, we we've expanded our our digital presence as far as you know social media ads and and our outreach. I mean, we've seen exponential growth. Uh, you know, since we last talked, I mean, obviously we did a few trade shows out out west before the pandemic started, and you know we did damn good at the trade shows and we ended up having to get a couple of them canceled because of the Rona. Um, you know, so we've, we've increased our, our marketing as far as, you know, social media and, and things like that. And it's been exponential growth. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how many people are, are downloading and subscribing to base map right now, which is a good thing. You know, and that, that allows us now to, you know, have the features that we have and, and we've got a backlog of stuff that we're looking at, at doing for, for customers. And so it's all good. As far as I know, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, it's, it's nice to chip away at, at the competition. I mean, obviously there's a, a big player out in the market that we're just trying to steal a little bit more of the, our share of the pie from. Um, you know, but with, with our feature set and our price, it's definitely making it pretty easy right now. Yeah. And I don't, you know, obviously you're a Kafaru guy. I mean, I, I get it. I, you know, there's always going to be, you know, competition and, you know, we have shit. When I started here, it was just mystery ranch. Now there's a plethora hefe right. of, uh, backpack companies. And one of the things that's good about that, as far as, uh, I mean, I don't know what you think, Frank. Definitely keeps us on our toes. I mean, you got to keep innovating. You got to, you know, keep after it. But um, you, you, you certainly don't get too many bad products anymore because they just don't. The guys ask, hey, what, what's the best bow? Uh, all right. of them are pretty damn good, right? I mean, we're talking a couple percentage difference on the higher end bows, and that's arguable depending upon the person. And that's why when people ask about the mapping software, I'm like, hey, um, you know, let's say they're both equal. Let's you know, in different ways, the price is the huge one. You know, that, that definitely helps if they were equal. Now there's certain things that I like, uh, you know, about yours that obviously, you know, kind of cater to way that I navigate and move around in the woods. But I, I mean, I, I, what do you, I, what do you guys 70% less in price? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, you know, as, as crappy as the world is right now with the, with the global pandemic, it's, I think it's actually helped us, yeah. you know, because people losing their job or, or this or that, or having to cut back on things, they're not going to cut back on hunting. Well, now we're offering, offering them a, a better product at a 70% lower price. 
You know, so that for a lot of guys, that's a tank of gas or two or a dozen arrows or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be part of a hunting license, you know, so we're, we're offering something better in our opinion and at a much more reasonable price. Yeah. Speaking of like the, the pandemic one totally off of the map software thing is, uh, you know, our sales have gotten to a point, obviously we can't keep up. The American made thing has definitely uh, skyrocketed more now to be prideful, I guess you could say of, of, of standing by an American made company where I had people message me five or six years ago, like I'm all about American made, but I'm not going to spend that much money. And, and, uh, you know, like one of our competitors, their American flag patch is made overseas. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And, and I guess, so how it works is, as I understand it to be, to say, to put the American flag, like there's a percentage that has to be made here of it to say made in America where, you know, of course I'm tooting our own horn. We're, we're a hundred percent. Like everything is made in America, thread, the needles, the buckles, all that, that stuff. Um, and, and, and so, you know, talking about like saving money and, and long-term durability, like I think people are looking at things a lot different, uh, being more mindful of shopping. And even if it is, you know, in our case, probably more expensive, if we take care of you, uh, customer service wise, uh, that's important. Getting the same product, like in your case for, for less money, obviously that's a huge benefit. So uh, Corona has been eye opener, I guess you could say in many different ways for a lot of different people, a lot of different businesses. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the, what the landscape looks like here in a year, two years, 10 years from now, you know, see how many more manufacturers move their, their plants and, and everything back to the United States. I mean, obviously it, it might cost a little bit more money to buy something, but you know, I think it's going to be a little bit more important moving forward for some people. No, definitely. What all hunts do you have planned this year? What all do you got going on? Uh, so far, I've got uh, Wyoming uh, elk and mule deer. So I've got archery elk, and the first couple days of my hunt out in Wyoming, you know, it's still archery mule deer, but um, I think it's on the third day of my hunt, mule deer rifle opens. So if I shoot my elk real quick, you know, I'll chase mule deer with a, with a bow for a day or two and then switch over to the rifle. Uh, you know, then my normal stuff here in Wisconsin, a lot of whitetail, maybe a little bit of waterfowl, um, trying to convince some of the guys from, from work to, to head on a hunt somewhere, you know, some over the counter, you know, something in Nebraska or, you know, something of the sort. Um, that nothing too crazy, but you know, I'm just looking forward to pointing the truck West and getting to Wyoming and getting away from civilization for a week. Yeah. Oh, I, I bet. What, uh, what, what part exactly do you play with, with base map? I am. So since we last talked, my position has changed. Uh, I am now the director of business development, which is just a lot of fancy words for, I know a lot of people in the industry, you know, so all of our, our paid ambassadors, um, you know, the Phelps crew guys like that. I, I handle, I handle all that stuff. And then any kind of relationships that we have with any other businesses or, or companies in the, in the outdoor industry, I, I work with that. And then, you know, our, our gear drop game that we have, you know, in the app, you know, I mean, obviously Kafaro has been a, a big supporter of that over the last year. I also handle all the gear drop stuff and then whatever other stuff is kind of thrown on my plate in between. Yeah. What, uh, um, how you, cause we, you and I, what almost a decade, I guess you and I have known each other. Um, it's been a while probably on both sides, yeah. maybe originally. No, I, th I met you for the first time at a sheep, sheep show, show? Out in Reno. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, I do remember that. Um, I, yeah, it, you guys were just down the, the hall a little ways from us. It's amazing how the world turns in the industry. I've got to say, as far as who stays valid and who doesn't and, and what companies go, what direction. And cause you've been with Sitka for a long, a long time. You were, that's where the booth you were at, wasn't it? Was in Sitka when I met you. Actually, the, when I met you for the first time out there, I was out there on my own dime. I just, I just got a burr up my ass and decided I needed to go to a, uh, kind of a cool show out West and, and meet some people. And, but yeah, I was with Sitka at the time. I wasn't at the booth, but I think subsequent shows I was, Definitely working the Sitka booth out in Reno. Gotcha. Do you still work with Sitka much? I do. I do. 
Yeah, I thought you did. I are you sure. sick for it? Yeah, are you sick for it? <laughs> <laughs> are you sick no, for the I'm peas not, and carrots? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not sick for it by any means. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm a whitetail ambassador. Uh, you know, but I've. I'm got a good relationship with Barklow and. And he, he know, just he texted me. me. He shot a damn good antelope, like literally, like five seconds ago. Really? Yeah, and I told him he sucks because I sat in the blind and <laughs> shoot anything. <laughs> it's, it's it's funny the marketing guys with uh, Sitka, the ones that I deal with, um, which is uh, Jay, Matt, and and then John. But John's not, you know, he's not marketing, but whatever dealing right. with those guys, they're pretty funny because um, like the the make making is it make or making hunting right again. Uh, making hunting making, right again. You know, he's constantly talking shit about like peas and carrots and. Uh, of course, he'll listen to this and probably fucking blast me on his page, but it's a big difference, uh, and I get it if you don't want to be sick for it, but it's I'm not saying you can't hunt out west with, with lower-end clo- clo- clothing. I mean, you can, but I, I, I truly think everyone should experience, what do you think, Frank, seven to ten-day backpack hunt? Yeah. Extreme conditions before you make fun of anything high-end optics peas and carrots whatever you want to call you know if you're talking shit about let's say high-end optics you need to spend 14 hours behind them uh agreed and then if you are talking shit about high-end clothing i think it's important you spend 17 days on a grueling backpack hunt with really adverse weather conditions or shelters or whatever because and and mike's just funny i get along with mike fine he's hilarious um I think he's a bit misunderstood from time to time because he gets people outraged pretty quickly. Purposefully, I'm like, why do you let him get to you? But then I think, well, hopefully he doesn't book me on his page. Um, but, <laughs> I, I, you know, it. I get it. He's being funny. But truly, I mean, I don't know that maybe he'd never wear peas and carrots. I don't know. But once he gets out here, I, I think he might change his attitude if he spent 14 days on a backpack hunt, personally. But... <laughs> He'd wear something high end. Maybe it wouldn't be peas and carrots, but it'd be something. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, the stuff is expensive, but you know, you're right. I, I mean, in Wisconsin, I used to, God damn, I used to look like the Michelin man walking out in the field wearing <laughs> every damn thing I owned to stay warm. Yeah. And by the time I'd get to my stand, I'd be sweating my ass off and I'd freeze. Like, why the hell am I cold? I'm wearing every damn thing I own. Well, it's because I had way too many layers on. I didn't carry extra stuff with me. And now, you know, the way that Sitka and, and all, any other high-end brand, the way that they design your stuff to layer and, you know, I carry extra clothes with me, it's amazing how much warmer and more comfortable I feel. And even hiking out west, I mean, I was 14 the first time I came out west to hunt and, uh, again, just wearing crappy stuff back then. And it's amazing how much better I feel and just more maneuverable, more comfortable you are when you have quality gear. Uh, it Definitely. And I mean, I, I, you know, being a uh, traditional archer now, I, I get the whole idea. Frank, I go ahead. <laughs> we just got something to say. Uh, I was just going to mention your hat that you had. You had the mini, the mini boonie hat the other day. It looked like a, <laughs> it looked like a grumpy old man. grumpy old man. The, their, their little fishing hat. Motherfucker. Um, I, uh, I'm going to have to wear the hat backwards, I guess. I was trying to pull the boonie hat off, but immediately I put it on, and Frank's kind of eye popped up, and I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> This is not a good look. Between that and my legs yesterday, I it's just I don't know if I can handle any more abuse. Um <laughs> my wife totally was like, Don't worry about it. Nobody's gonna say anything about your legs. I think out of ninety comments, about eighty two were about my white legs. Well, some were about my calves, but between the two it wasn't pretty. Um my my, <laughs> my legs haven't seen any sun. But I get the idea of going more the traditional, you know, people want to get rid of technology, but I mean, there's a line everyone's going to draw, but, you know, I man, it's pretty, as you're driving into work in an F-250 Super Duty bitching about, uh, you know, base map, but then you pull out a set of 10 by 50 EL Swaros. I mean, some people get a little hypocritical on that shit. Like, it, <laughs> I get it if you want to go, tr- you know, crazy traditional. I do it. I really like the challenge. I like I like the traditional side of it a, a lot more than I thought I would, but... You know, I'm I'm sick for it. I'm wearing full Sitka gear. I've got ELs or SLCs, and you know, I'm running a 95 spotter, and I got base map, and you know, I mean, I'm limiting myself to a certain degree, but uh, I also like to eat meat, and right. uh, 
I don't want to limit myself so much that, you know, shooting a rabbit is a general victory in crisis level effort. Um, you know, I, I want to be somewhat successful. And so I, I mean, some of that stuff gets, people get a little bit carried away on. I, I hope you're still running that, that Harpia 95. The, uh, I actually, I got two, I got, uh, the Harpia and, a, and then a, God, I don't want to use the S word, but a Swaro 95, you know, on that note, not to get off the base map. So putting those side by side, the first review I saw of those side by side was, did you see it? I didn't see it. It was a bit biased. I was surprised because the depth of field, um, when I say depth of field, like, so people understand if you zoom in at 300 yards on my mule deer target, which is what we were using, the depth of field on a Zeiss is double of what it is on a Swarovski, meaning I can, it's clear behind it in front of it for a farther mm-hmm. distance. Um, on lower end, uh, lower power, a Swarovski is brighter because the Zeiss has made for longer legs. They right. made that thing to be as bright as it could be at 75 or 70 power. In comparison, as you dial down the the Swaro and you look, it gets significantly, it's darker than, than the Zeiss. There's a lot of things overlooked in the first review I read of that where I could tell the dude was a Swaro guy where I just use whatever I want, which probably doesn't make very many people happy, but, you know, testing things. So I was, I was kind of, the only thing I wished is for guys whining about the weight that they made a 65, which I'm sure they're probably working on that, but. I wish they did also, because I'd probably get one. I mean, I don't need a spotting scope in Wisconsin, but it'd be nice to have one, but I don't need, I don't need a big ass 85 or 95 spotter. I mean, back in the day, I used to get the Diascope 65, which is perfect. Yeah, You're lightweight and did everything I needed it to do. I I agree. I think they need to make one a little bit smaller. I run a I run a big scope all the time. I'm compensating. Frank does too. <laughs> what do they say on that Navy SEAL movie? Moderations for cowards. Yeah, moderations <laughs> for cowards. I packed that 95 everywhere. Um, yeah, it does get. I mean, it's heavy, but the the moment it saves you from walking a long ways, you know, it's worth packing it in. But. It is what it is. What do you do? Do you help out with Zeiss then too? Yeah, so I'm actually the the ambassador, pro staff manager for Zeiss also, kind of on the side. I've been doing that now. Gosh, it's been three years since I've been doing that for them, but I've been working with Zeiss now for going on six. Gotcha. They're a good company. Yep. Yeah, you shouldn't have said that. Now you're going to have everybody hitting you up for uh, Free shit. to get on the pro staff. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay we're actually looking for some people so hit me up uh, on that note what do you uh i just saw a big bash fest thing today on social media i left most groups and things like that because i just can't handle the i won't get into what i can't handle but i i was noticing guys were bitching about pro staffs and this is how i look at it um and i i'm i will say unique and frank is in the same boat we we don't really take money from anyone um you know, and, and, and if we do, it's something we've used for quite a while, we feel comfortable with. Um, and I don't have any issue with people doing that. If, if, if someone runs, okay, as an example, if we use, well, I can't use a Hoyt Satori because it's got Uka limbs. Frank uses um, Expedition bows for three years, hunts with them, loves them, they want to pay them. I see nothing wrong with that. Where I think what happens is we get guys that email us, as I'm sure you do too, never seen a Kafaru product. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a YouTube page, love your product, can you send me six packs? I'm like, well, how do you know, right? You haven't used it, right? I, I, you know how anal I am with that stuff. Like, Yes. Uh, I think I drove you crazy for probably seven months um, on, with the base map stuff because I just – was like, dude, I got to use it more before I speak about it. I like to, I test things probably farther than it should be. Frank might be worse than me. Fuck Frank. You, I can't get Frank to switch shit sometimes. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think shit boots. Like you won't switch from Salewa and I've got a huge, you know, uh, con- I've got a great relationship with Hanbog, but Salewa fits Frank. You don't fuck with it. You don't want to change and mm-hmm. doesn't need to, um, you have anything to add to that? You hear that, Slewa? <laughs> Let me get that deal. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to switch from stuff if it, if it works well, but yeah, there's a certain part, yeah, where we do have to test out a lot of stuff, which you're, you do way better than I do on that, that end of stuff. But, yeah, I kind of find if it works for me, then I, don't, I have a really hard time switching or trying something new. Well, I, I'm sure 
um, Ed, you knowing me and people knowing that you know me, I'm sure you don't hear kind things about me all the time, but one of the things I get all the time is, um, you know, I, he, he's not loyal to anyone. He switches all the time. And it's like, well, I'm testing shit. I can't right. test everything if I'm oh, I, now like with base map, I will eventually stick with, with one, uh, MSR reactor, which does not give, you know, they don't even talk to us, but certain products I'll stick with once I've kind of nodded the head and like, okay, I'm, I'm good with this, but it's pretty hard to get an unbiased opinion anymore on, on anything. Like I'm a huge black Eagle guy. Frank uses Easton. I still comment and give good advice on other arrows. Um, you know, and I use other arrows to see if I like them. I'm just a black Eagle guy and Randy's a great dude. But when you get people that switch at the drop of a hat, like, Oh, my contract's up with brand X and immediately they call 15 companies. Well, that's not because those 15 companies they believe are a good product. Generally that's because they just need money for their TV show or something. Right. Oh gosh. I deal with that almost on a daily basis. It's, you know, the first question, have you ever used base map? No. Okay, conversation's probably going to be over because I'm not going to sit here and, and have to explain to you why we think we're the best. If you've never even used it, you're obviously looking for a handout or looking for free oh, stuff. Fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, not not going down that road. I love basement. Now, if yeah. we if we approach if we approach somebody, kind of a different story. You know, obviously there's a reason why we want to work with this person. Yeah, you know, but if if you're coming to me with your handout. You're probably gonna you're, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a response, but it's not gonna be the response you were hoping for. Yeah, and I I see it from all sides of the fence, coming from a pissant and working my way up. And what what the advice I try to give with with guys is, if you are loyal to a company and they are not loyal to you initially, stick with it because in the long run, that company will see your value and and reward you for it. Um, where I just had a very interesting conversation with a guy yesterday. Didn't have anything to do with Kafaru. I'm like, dude, like, you, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't go the route you're going and expect people to. Uh, God, it's going to sound bad, but you know, if if uh, you basically were looking for the highest bidder, took a bunch of free stuff from different people, sold everything from all the other companies you got stuff from, because the one company would take money from you. You're burning a lot of bridges and people don't forget that. And I've made that mistake when I was younger too, where, you know, now, um, you know, I think it's smart. Like obviously with you guys, you gave me a free membership and I paid for it and that's no bullshit. Like I couldn't find the paperwork and I was like, motherfucker. And so I just <laughs> hopped on about it. I'm not saying you wouldn't, didn't give me a free one. You did. I just right. wasn't smart enough to find it. And I didn't want you to make fun of me when I called you and said, Hey, can you send me another free subscription? <laughs> um, and, and when you get to a, a point, well, you, you run different. What are you looking for? Ed? when you're, when you get a guy, um, you know, that's interested in, in supporting uh base map and you supporting them, what are you looking for? Uh, I mean, you're right. Loyalty is a, a big thing. You know, somebody contacts us, you know, I'm checking them out on social media, making sure they don't have 5,000 photos from the competition out there. You know, that I'm going to ask them to delete or, you know, things like that. I'm definitely not looking at the, I'll call them the macro influencers or, God, I haven't used this term in a while, all the insta-hoes. Insta-hoes doesn't have to be a woman. It could be a guy. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that the, the micro influencers, as I'll call them, seem to have a little bit more, more clout. Uh, you know, people believe them more because they're, they're Joe Blow Hunter, you know, just getting it done. Um, and I think that people follow him a little bit more. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like the loyalty, and, and, you know, you're right. Don't don't come to me automatically with your handout. Let's strike up a conversation and get to know each other before you start asking for things. And, you know, don't, don't, don't show that you're bouncing from company to company. I mean, you, you mentioned I'm with you know, do some stuff with Sitka and Zeiss. If, if those relationships ended tomorrow, I'm not selling all my damn Sitka gear and jumping to another brand. It's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm loyal to a fault. Even if you decide you don't want to be loyal to me anymore, I'm not, I'm not jumping ship. You know, as and we deal with, uh, you know, if you're a gear tester, I'm all about it. Like we'll send you stuff, run it, 
you know, you're going to use something different later. As long as I know ahead of time, that's fine. You know, that's, that's part of it. You know, we get a lot of guys that run several different packs and everything else and get good feedback from them. Mm -hmm. Um, that is not a route to go if you want to make a lot of money in the industry. And I, and I hate to say, (laughs) I, well, you know how much money I lose. Um, you, you use everything. Not too many people are going to be calling you saying, um, you know, they want to work with you. They might like when you talk about their product, but you might in six months be talking about something else. Not because you thought the other product was bad. You're just testing multiple products. Uh, with, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing, you know, that I, I definitely realized uh, not quite a year ago, but coming up on a year. I mean, for, for quite a few years, I was shooting Matthews bows and I made a switch to Hoyt um, in November of last year. And uh, Honestly, God, I didn't know that people really paid that much attention to this crap. I was getting messages. I thought you were shooting Matthews. What are you doing shooting Hoyt now? I'm like, for one, what does it matter? Who cares? I'm not being paid by either company. I didn't. I really didn't realize that people paid that close attention to that crap. I tell you what's funny is um, the people that, that do pay attention to that and don't look at the – I'll use an example. I shot a Black Widow forever, Bo. Still love Black Widow. I'm sure I'll shoot one again at some point. Switch to a Hoyt, Satori. I see all these screenshots from guys talking shit. Hoyt must have paid them. Well, do you really think Hoyt's going to pay me if I'm shooting Uka limbs on their bow? Probably not, right? Like, they're not going to pay me to shoot a freaking recurve riser. But people are like, oh, they paid him. They paid him. Well, come on now. Think about what you're talking about. Like, you you can't, not everyone jump ship for money. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes, in your case, maybe Hoyt sent you a free bow, and so was Matthews. You just switched because you liked the Hoyt better. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the guys that change for giant contracts th- that have no knowledge of of the product they're switching to. They just wanted the money, and they'll figure it out later. You just got to yeah. – people need to know who they're taking their, their info from is the, is the big thing I'm getting across, trying to get across. I mean, I, I like Matthews. I mean, Matthews is based on the other side of the state for me. But being that I'm a six-foot-five guy, I was just getting sick and tired of the, the short – kids bows I'll call them you know the short axle to axle I needed something longer so you know it made sense for me to go to to back to, you know go over to Hoyt and, and shoot the ultras because of the longer axle to axle bow it's just a lot more comfortable for me and that's literally the only reason I did it yeah what did you get the what's it called the double I've, I've XL got a, or something I've got a Red, Redworks 4 Ultra and a Axios 4 or an Axios Ultra gotcha yeah I just um I did a uh, uh bow review recently I shot five of them I guess total I shot them all for like two three four weeks and then the the final review's not out one thing I will say with shooting all of them I'd say there's a solid one to two percent difference <laughs> it's all personal preference <laughs> on what you're they're all good bows you know some are yeah. a little faster some draw a little smoother um you know some are a little more tunable you know, little grips are different they're all good bows and that's you know I, I that's part of the thing I talk about uh, kind of like the the interface with with base map. Um, y- if you can go to your local shop, you know, and use it, um, you know, try one, test out a bow, and if 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 for some reason, let's say your competitor offers something that's worth seventy percent increase, who am I to say don't use it? I don't think that's an option. I I from everything I've used, but I'm not going to argue with you. Um, I might give right. you some enlightenment on it, like well. But, it, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, being, you know, obviously we, well, actually I own part of Kafaru now. Frank's new title is general manager. Did you know that? Frank's a general manager I did. now? <laughs> we even got business cards coming. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's got a furry dick teaser pick on the picture. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, that, Very professional here. You know, the yeah, we are. Uh, you know, you try to customer service, right? F- focus on, you know, Hey, heavy load hauling. I mean, you, you use a Kafaru, um, you know, and we get people that say exactly why are you, why are you 20% more than your competitor? Which I'd say is about right. Yeah. Well, we highlight that and do our best and try to, you know, customer service. I know you're really active with talking to people on social media about base map, helping them out. That goes a long way. Yeah. I, I mean that you're right. Because customer service is a is a lost art, I think. I mean, I, I 
cut my teeth in customer service, you know, working in retail. And it's, it's a lost art. And I think a lot of companies have just lost that, the ability to do that. And, and it's the, the companies that are going to take care of the customers are, are going to be the ones that are going to survive. Um, I mean, who cares if your product is 20% more? It, it's badass and you guys take care of everybody. We try. Uh, I have to say, I have got to stop answering customer service calls after seven o'clock when I'm hungry and tired. Uh, especially well, it's your own fault. You give your damn cell fault. phone number to everybody. It, it is. <laughs> I, I've had Amy look at me a couple times like, "You need to get off the phone" because I'm, I'm not. Um, well, an example. Hey, Aaron, uh, I've got a hoodlum. I want to strap a shape charge to it for a lid. And I'm like, man, that shape charges. What does that thing weigh? Four pounds? Three, 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 four pounds. Three, yeah, four pounds. And I'm like, man, that's a bad idea. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Well, here's what I was thinking. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> doesn't really matter what you tell me. I'm going to tell you not to do that. That you know, you don't want to throw a Toyota Tacoma on the back of an F250 for the <laughs> fuck of it, right? Like, there's got to be a really good reason. And uh, you know, so I explain it, and they're like, well, that's all fine and good, but I'm like, well. I'm not going to talk this guy out of this. God forbid you listen to a dude that gets to hunt six months out of the year, man. I'm just trying to help you and not spend money. So, I mean, there are times where I probably should not answer customer service calls, but I, I, I do try to answer and talk to people as much as I can Saturdays and Sundays. And it, it does get a little bit irritating at some points when they can Google it. But other times, man, you, you know, they're about to spend a grand. That's why I try to help them as much as I can. Right. And, you know, I commend you for trying to talk them out of making it a uh, horrible decision, even though they are looking to spend a grand. I mean, it's, it's that kind of interaction and service that goes a long way with keeping a, a customer loyal to you. Yeah. Um, we, tr- we try Frank, you look like you're in to say something. <clears throat> we definitely try. Um, yeah, I think, uh, working in customer service for a long, a lot of the part of when I've worked here is, um, yeah, you definitely want to, like Aaron saying, it's, it's a big investment for people. And especially since we're not, in uh, the big chains or the the big sport sporting goods stores, it's uh, it, it's if somebody can't get their hands on it, you want to you want to give them as much guidance as possible. So, so do you guys pretty much just do online and and a couple trade shows here and there? You're not in any retail uh, shops other than your own. Black Ovis carries some of our stuff. We got Kafaro okay. Australia. Not not too not too much. We uh, Go Hunt has been talking to us as well as Outdoorsman's. Um, carrying outdoorsman's yeah i've had such a good relationship with outdoorsman's for a long uh long time that um you, you know i i mean i hear things or whatever and and i know they were frustrated at me because i used mountain ops for a while which i would be too um but i can't i don't think i've ever stopped promoting like their tripod system and their store and and that probably went a long way for him. And I've never had a, a problem with the Denim family. Floyd and I have been friends since well over a decade ago. So we've talked about it. We'll see what happens. We got to get our head out of our ass here. We're trying to get ship times down and our own shit in a pile to to five days, which will be a couple more months. We should have everything pretty well taken care of. But before we look at you know going to too many you know niche shops. Yeah, I know. I talked to you recently about upgrading my frame, and I'm looking at the counter like this is a bad idea this year. I'm never going to get it before I get to Wyoming. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, we, 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 Frank got us down to like five to seven day ship times. Um, and COVID hit and then everything went to shit. Yeah. And we're up quite a bit from last year trying to keep up with that. So that's a good problem to have. Yeah. I mean, I did not, I did not expect COVID to give us an, an, an insane amount of increase in sales. And it did. I think the meat shortage that there was for a while gave a lot of people the uh, the idea that being able to get your own meat might be a might be a, a good skill to have. I just read an article yesterday. I don't remember where the hell I saw it. That we're talking, you know, some of these Western states were talking about significant increases in in cow elk tag purchases and and doe tags. I think you're right. I think. You know, people are definitely looking at at filling their freezer now, hoping that we don't have another meat shortage or anything like that. They want to take the bull by the horns and do it themselves. That should be interesting. Should yeah. be mid quarantine when when food stocks were low at our local grocery store. I was 
definitely eyeing some of them deer up there on Green Mountain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what. When when all that stuff started happening, I was thankful as hell that I shot a big-ass black bear last fall and, and have a freezer full of that. Yeah, I, I tell you, I was doing really good on uh, meat. We had three deep freezers, you know, pretty full, and then we bought two great Pyrenees, and we feed them nothing but raw food. Mm-hmm. Little motherfuckers can eat um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I'm worried because they were eight pounds when we got them. They're 17 pounds now. We've only had them a couple weeks, Jeez. and uh, they get to about 100, 150 pounds. So I'm gonna be going. You think I was on a killing spree before? Like I'm gonna be dropping animals all over to help feed the dogs. <laughs> I've had a few people, you know, message me that that was wrong to feed them wild game. That it's not fair. And Why? I'm like, so I can feed him a cow and a chicken, but I can't feed him, you know, an owl dad. I don't know. People's outlook on life's different. I don't, I don't get it. Every, everybody's a everybody's an internet uh, keyboard cowboy these days, right? I doubt they would say that to you to your face, unless somebody has. Huh? Yeah. No, probably not. It is actually amazing, Frank. Would you agree? How many people are so much different when we're in person than they are online? Yeah, a lot. It's uh, an anonymity. Yeah. It's, it's like it's kind of like road rage you know someone's gonna flip you off on the road but they probably won't do it to you in person on that note i really need to calm down on the old road rage did i tell you the guy i followed the other day i shouldn't even say this. you got followed yes no i followed him <laughs> so uh he was in a jeep and i wasn't allegedly right, allegedly this hypothetical i'm not saying this did happen but if it had happened um you know i was following him i was in your truck so sorry <laughs> oh, ahead of time. yeah i gave i gave frank my truck um uh. And uh, I wasn't riding his ass or anything, and when I, but he was in the fast lane, so finally pulled over, and when I, I mean, no one coming, right? Like, no reason to be in the fast lane. Anyway, I passed him, he flipped me off, so I hit the brakes and got behind him, and anyway, I followed him for a while, and finally, I pulled up beside him and kind of held my hands up, and he's like, I'm sorry, and I'm like, you know, you're not sorry. You just told me to fuck off, and when there was repercussions for it, now you're sorry. You know, if I was a 120-pound stick figure, he wouldn't have been sorry. But when right. I pulled up beside him, he's like, oh, what was that one, Rodney Carrington? <laughs> he's like, when he's flipping a guy off, got out of the vehicle, guy got out, and he goes, good God, you are one big son of a bitch. I'd like to tell you I fucked up back there. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And uh, it was kind of one of those deals. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I, I talk to people about Kafaru and, and you and like, oh, man. Schneider is so so intense and so crazy and fucking kick my ass. Like, dude, if you ever met him, he's just a big teddy bear. I'm pretty goofy. I can get angry, but it takes a lot. Um, I'm just, I don't know, Frank and I both are just pretty happy-go-lucky people. I, I, I think it's because I scowl too much, but in reality, I'm worried like when I meet people. Resting you know, Viking face. Yeah, I have resting Viking face. Is that like resting <laughs> bitch face, but with a Viking? With a Viking. I did the... I, I, I'm, I'm definitely Norse and Scandinavian and descent and Norwegian. So it makes sense. You did the 23 and me thing. Uh, Kaylee. Did it. <laughs> oh, nice. I don't know if it's 23 and me. What the hell is that? That's a, that's where they, you, it's what you're talking about. They look up your DNA origins. What are you, Ed? I'm a lot of different things. German, French, Russian, Spanish. You're French, uh, pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more German, more German than anything. Hey, but I've got some Rusky in me. Are you you good or bad? Oh, that's funny. Well, we've drifted way off of uh, base map. We should probably get back on track here. We weren't even drinking and got way outside tracked. Yeah, it's way too early to be drinking. I know. Not uh, not for Wisconsin though, right? Isn't that the biggest consumer of beer in America? True. It's it's past Uh, nine o'clock. I tell you, the thing I was amazed hypothetically, I'm not saying we did this. Was the drinking snowmobiling from bar to bar and uh, ice fishing in the middle of that? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that going on up there. There's a ton of that. It's it it's uh, definitely a big thing in the winter. I mean, hell, now in Wisconsin, a lot of the county roads are open to UTV and ATV travel, and it's all thanks to the the bar league in Wisconsin. So when you when you can't do it in the winter, you can do it in the summer now. Just go bar hopping on your UTV. Driving down the road. I, I tell you, um, it would it was cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass monkey up there. It was fucking bad. When we were ice fishing, we had the tip-up things. And, uh, you know, we were in the ice house. I didn't realize it's Mortal Kombat to get out to the sled to get to the tip-up first. Uh, we, you know, 
like uh, watching in binos for the tip up or whatever and, and, uh, and flying out and jumping on the sled and, you know, going a hundred miles an hour on ice is a little intimidating if you've never done that before on a, on a sled. Um, yes. And then you throw alcohol, not to say we were going that fast drinking, but if we were, uh, how many accidents are up there every year on snowmobiles? Is it pretty bad or do you guys probably, become- probably more than, than I hear about it's, it can get a little crazy. It can. I. But your yeah. body's relaxed when you're drunk. Yeah. It's, right. So if you they, fall off, you know you're probably less likely I, to get hurt. I mean, winter winters in Wisconsin could be damn cold. It just gets you through the winter. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know where that saying came from? Freeze the balls off a brass monkey. Little trivia. No. So uh, I guess it'd be the Civil War. They had these big brass, uh, m- like they look like monkey arms that held the the cannonballs, and they'd pivot in a circle. And then you'd pull them off, and anyway, it would get so cold. The brass, the 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 uh, the the arms that would hold the brass cannonballs would freeze and snap off. So so cold, it'd freeze the balls off a brass monkey. That's where that came nice. from. Can you believe that? I don't know. The I, Civil I, War wasn't in Wisconsin, but if it was, I'm sure that saying would have come from there. <laughs> <laughs> it it can be cold. That is for damn sure. Yeah, I peed out of the tree stand. I'm quite certain it froze before it hit the ground once. <laughs> <laughs> I know I farted and I could hear it hit the ground. That that place I was is in the Schwamigan National Forest. Yeah, Mother of, yeah, yep. Yeah, it was uh, fuck. It was cold, man. I it was that was the first whitetail I'd ever shot. It was 2003, maybe. Um, took a canoe in like ice chunks beating against the canoe and it was snowing hard and I was heading to this set they called it a windy point and on the way in I could see tracks where a deer had just come through there and I just crept through and he was running a doe and I could barely see it through the blizzard he turned broadside I shot him first white I ever killed it was like a 125 inch buck shot him on the ground with a lone wolf on my back it was crazy yeah, yeah I mean when you're way the hell up there in Wisconsin you get that that north wind off of Superior Ooh, that's cold it, I, it's hard to describe to people how cold it was. It's, it was it was bad, as bad as it can get. Um, so happy when you shoot something to warm your hands up to cut it open. Yeah, what are you doing? Exactly. To, what are you doing to stay warm in a tree stand when it's that cold? I had ho- those hot hand things. I had a bunch of those. Put them all over your body. Yeah, I tape them to your wiener. <laughs> you got to tape it early though, because if you tape it later, it's too. You can't really get tape to stick to something that small. <laughs> Fucking dick looks like a short stack of pancakes. Uh, it's not good. Like a stack of and, buttons. And this is probably long before you had any kind of high quality camel that you uh, could wear. It was horrible. I had layers of cotton with some wool on yep. the outside. And once once it gets wet, man, you're screwed. Yeah. Oh, uh, we were pulling a toboggan in. It was it. It was yeah to get the deer out and logging like where they were logging or whatever on deactivated roads or, or closed roads. We'd pull that toboggan in and in that. The colder weather, I'd pay the logging crews to pile up popple slashings. I don't know if this is illegal or not, so it's a long time ago, so you can't yell at me. And those deer would come in and eat the buds off the top of the popple slashings like candy bars. The log truck wouldn't be out of the clear cut, and those deer were coming in. They were so hungry because it was so cold. I just, it was it was crazy. And, I mean, you know, we'd hit, leave the, the deer hanging up, you know, base it three, four weeks. I mean, you could leave them as long as you want. They froze solid and we'd cut them up. We'd start the, the fire up and then, you know, everybody come over and cut all the deer up. It was crazy. Nothing to add to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, you know, luckily where I'm at, it doesn't get as cold. So I went to college up in green Bay, you know, an hour North of me and, and the campus is right on green Bay and the Bay freezes and it's the same damn thing. It's always a North wind and, Fuck Green Bay is cold. It is a cold city. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Got I'm not gonna lie. In the uh, summer you're begging for winter, in the winter you're begging for summer. The mosquitoes are bad too. The bugs. Yes, they are. I am. I am waiting for the first frost. We're probably a month away from that, so it'll kill all the damn bugs. Well, cool. Well, man, we this went Jesus Christ way longer than I thought it would. We should probably hop off. So. Um, everyone, uh, there is a code from Kafaro, which I can't remember. What's the code? You remember Kafaru? There you go. Type in Kafaru when you get a discount. You can see. <laughs> you can't how much remember that one, or you can't forget that one. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go to go to the base map website. You have to use the code on the website. You can't use it in you know in iTunes or Google Play. Um, so go to the base map website, and you can get twenty percent off uh, using Kafaru. Yeah. 
Uh, well, there you have it. And then if anybody has any questions, I'll do my best to answer what I can. If not, um, Ed, do you want to give out what's your social media status? What are, what's your social media account? Yeah, you can, you can reach me on Instagram, probably the easiest. Um, just egramza, E-G-R-A-M-Z-A on Instagram and, you know, shoot questions my way. Um, you know, or you can, you can also send them to write the base map. Um, a lot of times I'm the one answering the questions on there as well. Basemap underscore hunt fish on Instagram. I'm going to send you my pro staff application. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. That's funny. Nice. Cool. Yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad that we, we stopped going down that rabbit hole. That would have been another hour conversation. It, it would have. And, uh, make sure everybody, you got a hashtag sick for it. Um, anytime you post up anything for base map. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right, cool, man. We appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You bet. Thank you. Yep. Take it easy.